Maybe everybody take a couple deep breaths. So good evening, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the beginning of the end. <laughs> um, so this is class six of our six-week series. I see that I've scared about half the class off. <laughs> Like Bob Marley says, you can't run away from yourself. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a really sweet couple weeks here with you guys. It's, even though it's a little bit of a drive for me, it's I was reflecting on it today that it's actually it, it's been fine. So it's really been nice to come out here and do this. Um, and the talk that I gave last week was really comprehensive, I realized. And I think uh, when I listened to the recording, I noticed that I drank a big thing of green tea just before because I'm talking at about twice my normal speed. I was really just going, you know. So that's like Seth on caffeine, I guess. Speed monk. <laughs> and I kind of feel like all that's left, in a way, besides maybe just practicing, is to... Um, is to talk a little bit about how we want to bridge what we learned here back into our daily lives. Um, I personally, as the you know, teacher of these classes, um, you know, I know a lot. I've made a lot of experiences. I've been around. And even, even though I'm in a place where I feel um, what's the word competent enough to teach others, I still see for myself that this whole transition coming from um, coming from monk life to 
to lay life coming from being really in, um, in an environment that's really geared towards practice, that's really geared in a, a direction, to, to living in the world where most people are kind of just running around pretty lost. Um, I see that that's really taken a toll on my own bearing in some ways. So this last weekend I went snowboarding. And um, snowboarding was a really great experience. It really showed me um, kind of how I learn things, um, my relationship to the learning process. Um, and it was even interesting one time I, you know, tried to go on a, a more advanced hill, which, you know, until then I was just on the bunny hill, so I, then I went on to the more advanced hill, which was like the, you know, green circle or something like this. It's actually like the, the uh, it's like the actual beginners. Um, and it was too much for me, and actually another guy came up behind me and hit me with his snowboard, not very hard, but you know, kind of clided. And, um, and people were kind of passing me, and I, I was really still learning, so I felt very overwhelmed, and, um, and I had to kind of stop, and I was there with my girlfriend, and she was like, you know, do you, you want to keep going or not? And I almost felt like I wanted to like snap at her, but not because she did something wrong, but because I was overwhelmed, and I was able in that moment just to be like, I'm really overwhelmed and upset right now, I need a moment just to like, you know. And, um, and it was really nice just to, um, just to get into some difficult situations and really see um, how I've learned to relate to them. You know, how I think that it was um, a fallacy when I was beginning practice that I thought, you know, when you start practicing, you never get angry anymore. You'll never be afraid anymore. And you'll, you'll never get frustrated or feel overwhelmed anymore. I thought that the ultimate goal of the spiritual path was this place where you're just happy all the time. Um, and the more that I practiced, the more that I kind of got to a place where I said, that's, I think, not being a human anymore. I think being a human means that the whole world of human emotions is going to show itself to you that you will have to find a way to interact with life and all the events of life um, in a way that maybe is more spacious, in a way that's more graceful, um, definitely in a way that you're able to communicate things better to those around you. Um, but they'll still come up and they'll be there. So I really felt like this was a great learning experience for me. Um, and when I came back, I felt really happy, I was really energized. I think also just spending these two days outside in nature was just great with people. And there was like a hot tub that we use and stuff. So it was really more like in my body and more just kind of with, you know, the, the present moments, living through my senses, seeing things, feeling things. And my body was in so much pain also that I kind of couldn't escape it even if I wanted to. Right? So I was kind of just very present in my physical form. Um, <clears throat> And since returning, I realized that I, I really don't have the same desire that I had before to, uh, to like watch movies or anything. I don't look at Facebook anymore. I post things. If I have to, something to post, I'll put it. But I actually stopped reading what other people post. Um, that I really had, um, without even thinking about it, just kind of realized what serves me and what doesn't, what feels good and what doesn't. Um, 
what really makes me happy, what makes my mind feel happy and kind of grounded and solid and open, and what actually is destructive to me. And, um, and I really also am still learning how to, um, how to balance, how to balance the spiritual life with the, the everyday life. And, um, you know, even more so to see that it's the, it, it is the same thing. But knowing it's the same thing also means kind of shifting the way that I do life, right? That it, that it is the same thing, that it's not like these two different worlds. Like we're in here to meditate and then we go out there and, you know, wreak havoc on CVS or something, steal M&Ms and, you know. Um, that it's all the same thing. It'll also be the same thing. And, um, and I think that if we, if we try too much to create something called a spiritual life, if we push ourselves too much, I saw this a lot in the monastery as well, but if we try too much to have these spiritual ideals, spiritual egos, spiritual, um, you know, striving towards something over here, there will probably be a, an equal energy building up in the other direction of of compensation, that you'll like be really trying, you'll be meditating, you'll be kind of going for it, and you'll be doing this, and then you'll just have to go and eat like a tub of Ben and Jerry's or something because you just need to like blow off some steam from that, and it's like the pendulum thing again that you're pushing really hard in this direction only to swing back in the other direction, and ultimately that's really not helpful for you either, right? That's not. Um, so for myself, I'm really still looking at at what does it mean to, to live in the world, to live in the world as a spiritual person with a spiritual practice. Um, I'm, one of the things I'm the most horrible at is discipline, I think, disciplining myself. So I, in school, was you know the kid that always got kicked out of the classes because they couldn't sit still. And I had like these special systems with all the teachers and stuff. And never worked. Um, even until college, even in college, I sometimes got kicked out of classes for fooling around. I remember I was in our art class, in our drawing class with charcoal, and everyone was making these, you know, drawing something with the charcoal, and I took the charcoal and I colored in one of my teeth so it looked like it was missing, and then when the teacher came over, I was like, ah, and I started talking like I was missing a tooth, and he was just like, get out of my class. Like, <laughs> you know, so even up until college, um, yeah, I was still that, that guy, right? Um, I think I lost my train of thought with that one. <laughs> Somebody help me out. Mm-hmm. Ah. ah, yeah, thank you. you know, there's nothing wrong with that because that's like your personal coping mechanism for the moment, the situation, whatever. Everyone had that, you know, the collective would be in a better place. Maybe. <laughs> or you'd have a room of smart asses. Like, you know. Yeah, uh, so I'm not saying it like there's something wrong with it, but I'm saying it more in the way that um, I'm one of those people that has to learn by going in the wrong direction until it hurts so much that I have to change. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are like that, and 
A lot of us are like that with some things and some things not. Um, I often am in a place where even though I kind of, I know that this is the right thing for me to do, um, one of my friends once said to me, he said, there's always two choices in life. There's two ways. He said, there's the right way and there's the easy way. And I see for myself, I often take the easy way, the easy, comfortable, like kind of blah way that doesn't serve me, that actually hurts me, that I see that I'm hurting myself, but I can't stop. I can't stop doing it until I've hurt myself so much that finally something says, okay, now, you know, almost like an alcoholic that has to like drink so much. I never like drank that much, but an alcoholic that drinks so much until they just say, okay, I can't do that anymore and has to just like change their ways. Um, that often I'll, I'll, um, I'll have to kind of go the path that I know this isn't, that I'm going down to be able to go up afterwards, if that makes any sense. Um, and that's kind of a lot of my approach since coming back, since coming back into the, into the world, so to say, is that I've really just let myself go. I kind of do whatever I want to do and see what works. And kind of trial by fire. I don't know if that's the word for it. But yeah, learning by doing and seeing really what works and what doesn't work and doing things and eventually saying, oh, okay, actually, I don't want to do that at all. And kind of, yeah, I guess it's called learning. Maybe the word is just learning. Having to relearn. Having to relearn. Um, and then I'm sitting here in these classes and I could almost feel that maybe for some of you it's the opposite way because there's definitely times where I'll sit talking to people and, you know, as, as me coming from what I would call like a spiritual background, now trying to approach what I call like an everyday background, a lot of people come to my classes and they're saying that they've never really even meditated. They don't really know anything about spirituality. They're just starting on the path. They're just trying to see what this is. You know, they've mastered doing their taxes. You know, they know how to do, they know how to raise kids. You know, they know how to do, you know, good grocery shopping. You know, but they're not really sure how to meditate, you know. And I'm kind of on the other side where I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how taxes work and, you know, do I buy this sauce or this one at Whole Foods or whatever. Um, and ultimately, it's just that we're all looking for that place um, where we can kind of marry those two things together, to bridge those two worlds together, to, to bridge a life of, of meaning, I guess we could simply say. Because um, ultimately, when I talk about spirituality, um, I'm actually talking about a life of, of deeper meaning, but your meaning, if that makes any sense. Because everything has meaning. Everybody has, you know. Um, you know, I worked as a, one of my first jobs, I was a bagger, actually, at Whole Foods when it was Wild Harvest in Andover's so way back, right? And then I worked at, you know, serving at a restaurant and, is that like a Bertucci's and different things like this? Those I wouldn't really say were my life purpose, right? Um, they were a part of the path that I took, but they weren't really like the thing that I really felt like I was here on earth to do. They weren't part of this greater vision. Um, and I'm really convinced that every single person has a greater vision. Everybody. Everybody has a deeper reason for being here. And... Um, and I try to see it as my, you know, the way that I try to serve is I try to help people kind of dust that off like an archaeological dig a little bit. Like we go into the heart and we kind of dust it off and we kind of 
you know, put some energy in there and bring it out. And like, what is it that you're supposed to be doing here? So it's not that you need to give meaning to your life by creating meaning as much as I really believe that we all came into this world for a reason with some kind of meaning already there. And it's about connecting to that. And once we connect to that, then we also really live that. Then we have to live that outwardly and manifest that, create that on the outside. And I think that that's really, when I speak about the spiritual life, that's really what, what I'm talking about. It's really connecting to your deeper sense of purpose um, and really creating that, really living that, being that. And, uh, and it's often really terrifying. It often involves making like difficult life choices. It often means leaving behind a lot of security. Um, and at the end of the day, you'll lay in bed and you'll probably have a panic attack, but you won't regret anything. And that's kind of the difference. So I, since I was a little kid, I don't know why, but I would have this thought of me lying on my deathbed. And I said, probably the worst possible fate is to lie on my deathbed and to have any regrets. And I thought this when I was like five years old. I don't know why that came to me at that age. But it, since I was a little kid, I just would lie in bed at night thinking about dying and think about things like this. And um, so to live your life in a way that you don't have any regrets means that you kind of, you get more and more down into the core of your heart. You get more and more down into what is really, what is really that place speaking to me? What do I really feel? What really matters to me? Um, and that's why I say there is no one way, but there's one way for you. That there's not one way that everyone needs to follow, but each of you individually has your own path, has your way that you need to walk. And it's really important that you honor that and you find that. And again, it's really, really hard. Yeah, if it wasn't hard, everyone would be doing it. It's really hard. You know, I heard the saying once, every man has his mountain, right? So each one of us has this thing that we have to really overcome and go through. You know, but yeah, exactly. That's the point, right? That each one of us has our own thing, our own way. So this class on meditation, um, although one part of it, it was really about teaching meditation, actually just the mechanics of how to meditate, how the mind works, how this practice works. Um, ultimately, what meditation also is, it's just a way to come back into yourself. It's a way to learn to kind of put everything down and a way really just to come back in, to learn how to be with yourself and for that to be okay. And it kind of creates a, a bit of a, a launch pad. It creates a new place of grounding and centeredness in yourself that then you can reapproach life from and kind of do things in the way that you want. Um, you know, meditation as a path itself also goes really deep. Eventually it really makes some deep shifts in reality. Your experiential world actually starts to shift. Things you thought were you, you realize are not you. And it gets really crazy when you get into the deep, deep, deep meditations. Um, it's really amazing, yeah. Um, and also, what I found for myself is that the more that I practice meditation, which really just means spending time with myself, the more that I'm really confronted with my own integrity, with my own integrity, with my own, am I really living this life the way that I need to live it for myself? Am I really doing this right? Um, yeah, do I have regrets? Do I feel guilty? Do I have fear? 
you know, is this really, do I really feel I'm in one line with everything or not? And if not, then how do I want to bring that stuff together that I really feel, you know? Because ultimately, um, I don't know if any of you ever had, like, fights with your brothers and sisters growing up <laughs> and uh, used the garden hose. And the garden hose has a couple different functions, you know? There's, like, the spray function, like the misty spray function. And if you're ever in a fight with your brother or your sister, you know you don't use the misty spray function. What do you do, right? You twist it so it makes that really hard straight beam. You could tell that I had a sister. Yeah. yeah, so it makes this really hard straight beam, and that's the one you want to shoot at them with, right? Because that's, like, the hard one, right? And it can go farther, and it really, boom, hits them, you know? So, um, so our mind is the same way, right? Our mind and our life path and our energy. It's that if we're too scattered, then there's no power, right? Then we're like the, the weak spray function, that we're a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. None of it's really connected. None of it really makes sense. None of it really supports itself. And you really don't go anywhere. You don't have any kind of force, any movement. But when you start lining things up, when things start coming, and this, again, this is what I call integrity, is because your real deep inner wish starts to reflect how you feel, also reflects how you think, also reflects how you act, also reflects what you're doing in life, that all these things start to go into one line. And then that's when you really start to have power to move forward, to break through things, to kind of go in a direction, right? It's a directive. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember exactly when I, when I left my three-month retreat in Australia, really meditating every day and really going for it, having these just amazing experiences and really, really powerful. Um, and then for the first time, I remember going on Facebook and just looking and saying, like, what the hell is everybody doing? Like, what are people talking about? Like, why are you posting pictures of basketball players and ducks with, you know, making fun of each other, like weird cartoons? Like, just, I, was, I just kind of looked through and I was like, you know, because after just living this life of intense purpose, the fact that I'd be like staying up all night pushing myself and kind of like facing death a little bit and really going deep into myself and only eating a couple meals and waking up at five in the morning or four in the morning and really kind of just, putting all of my life energy into this one direction to kind of get realization, to see things, to really deepen my practice. Um, and then I looked around and I was just like, what are people doing with their lives, with their time, with their energy? And it was that I just remember, I just simply remember seeing that, how clear that was for me at that moment, um, that people were just kind of lost, that people were just doing stuff. They're just doing stuff, they're putting stuff out there. Um, and they don't actually know what they're doing. They don't, they don't think about it. They don't, there's no end game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people, their end game is they're just like, I'm going to die or go to heaven or something. I don't know. They don't really have an end game. So they're just kind of floating around in life, and then eventually life ends, and that was that. Um, and there's really something so much more important for us to do than just to float around until we die. Um, and again, I really firmly believe, and I believe this also just from my own experience and from different, you know, all the retreats that I've led and the healings I've done, and just all the people I've been with, but really more than anything, my own personal practice. Um, I know that each of us is really here with a purpose. Yeah, that everyone has their individual purpose, and that could be whatever, whatever that is. 
Um, but to really live that purpose with our full integrity is, I think, probably the most important thing we can do because that's, that's our whole life path, right? And, um, and then everything we do will start to feel like, like this class, right? That it's not, you know, it's not meditations over here, yoga's over here, workshops are over here, and then my life's over here, right? It all starts to kind of blend together into one thing that makes sense. Um, right, like the the water bottles from Circles of Wisdom with the crystals in it, right? So it's like even when I drink water now, it has a spiritual purpose, right? Yeah. So it's like even so, just right, just normal daily life stuff starts to become something else, right? It has intention behind it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the impulse that I feel like I'd want to give on the last day. So not so much that I want to say to you guys, you know, everybody go home and make a promise to me that you're going to meditate every day for the next you know, 20 years or something, or 50 years, or I don't even know what. Um, because it's not about meditation. Meditation's a part of it. This is a meditation class. But I think all of you have learned by now that there's much more going on than just that, that the meditation's kind of the framework for all this other kind of information to be downloaded into us for whatever reason. Um, so I would say go home and, and, you know, meditate if you can. Meditate if you want to. Um, but more than anything, really take time and find ways to connect to yourself as deeply as you can and to really live the life of your dreams, really live the life that you really feel inside that you want to live, that you want to express. Um, because that's, that's why you're here and you're super unique, right? There's only one of you, there's only one of you, there's only one of you, right? Each of us was born into this specific body, into this specific family constellation, into this country. We all have been given a unique packet of information, of experiences, that no other being since the beginning of time has ever had. Nobody has ever had the exact information that we have right now, each of us. So each of us has a certain wisdom that nobody else has ever had. Yeah, and this is really important to remember. Every one of you has something very unique that nobody else has. You know, and again, there's a reason that you're here at this time in this place, for whatever reason. Um, but to really reflect, use your time wisely, and feel good about yourself, because at the end of the day, you know, these spiritual teachers, they're not telling us to feel like shit, right? They're not walking around saying, feel heavy, feel guilty, feel like, you're, you know. They're all talking about, like, feeling more love, feeling lighter, feeling more joy, feeling more purpose, really feeling like, ah, oh, yeah, this beautiful divine world, right? Bringing the kingdom of heaven down here to earth or walking every step like it's a step of freedom or, you know, whatever it is, but it's really about, you know, using this life as our raw materials to really transform it, to create this, this beautiful thing that we have already inside as, a, as an energetic potential, right? This is something I learned in physics. If a ball is sitting at the top of a ramp, it has an energetic potential. That's the potential that if the ball rolls down the ramp, that's the force that it'll kind of be, you know, that's the potential energy if that ball is tipped over. So we each have like a seed like an energetic potential inside of us. 
just kind of waiting to be tapped, waiting to be opened up, waiting to grow and develop. And, and, um, and that's really our, um, that's our job, that's our responsibility, that's, that's our role, that's why we're here, is to really let that stuff, let the inside out and really live it fully. Um, and following that, whatever that means. Because for myself, you know, um, when I transferred from physics to the art school, there was not many people in my life, I'm sure, that thought that was a wise move. Then when I graduated and went into a monastery, there was not a lot of people that thought that was a wise move. Then when I left the monastery, there was not many people that thought that was a wise move. You know, I could probably trace my life back through a series of things that everyone around me probably thought, like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know. But I was always following whatever that thing was inside of myself. And, uh, and I still don't really know where it's taking me, but it's been doing pretty good so far, so I trust it. I've learned to trust it. And, um, and I'm building it as I go. I feel like um, I'm like a train going over a, a valley, and I'm building the track underneath me as I'm going. You know, I know a lot of people, they, like, they have these jobs and they have these things. They try to build the whole track all the way to the end of the valley for the train to then go over it. Um, for me, that feels like a prison. I, I don't do it like that. I actually build as I go. And that just, it allows space and allows trust because maybe you don't want to go there. Maybe you want to go over here. Maybe you want to aim that track higher. Yeah, maybe you actually realize I don't even want to cross this valley and you can turn around and build the track in a circle and go back and you know, head back that way somewhere. You know, so you're not locked in. Um, yeah, so more than anything else, just remembering that the spiritual path, it's a path into, in, into you, into your heart center, in, inwards. Right, the spiritual path, it's not, and I can tell you, right, I've been around the world. I was up in, I was living in a cave in the Himalayas, right? I've met the Dalai Lama. I've done all the things that one could say are like spiritual things to do. Um, and ultimately, as great as all that stuff was, and I really feel like I've been blessed by all these people and all these places and these experiences, like, definitely feel, you know, like my vibration has been raised or however, whatever words you want to say, but it definitely does something. But, um, but it's not it. That wasn't really it. That's like all that stuff, it's kind of like um, if you're eating like an ice cream sundae, that's like the whipped cream and the nuts and the cherries and stuff, right? But that's not like the ice cream. It's not the real, you know, meat of the matter. And ultimately, what really matters, the, the real, the heart of it all, the real kind of the, the core, the thing I've been looking for, it was actually just that connection to myself, um, you know. And I, you know, I needed help. I had to go outside for that. I had to look, go through all these different experiences. But ultimately, it was connecting back to myself. That was what it was all about. And that's the path that I'm really still on and I'm still trying to deepen and working on. Um, and I just wanted to say all this, I guess, just as a reminder, as a reminder to all of you as well to really to keep bringing it back to that one place. Um, to remember, it's not out there somewhere. It's actually always just in here. Yeah. And the next step 
is always apparent. This is also something to know, that you will always know, if you really listen, you will always know the next step. And even if you have no idea, then the next step is to pray. Or the next step is to talk to somebody and say, I have no idea, but I want to know. You know, or the next step is to go to a workshop or a seminar or read a book on something. So even if you don't know exactly what the next step is, there is still a next step you can take. So there's never a time that you're a victim of circumstance in the spiritual path. There's never a time where you have to wait for it to come to you. There's always something that you can do. And if you do find that you're waiting, then you're waiting actively. Then you're actively practicing patience and trusting and waiting and listening, but from an active place, not from a place of being passive, not from a place of having no power, being a victim to everything. Yeah, so it's really about listening, listening in and really feeling what is that next thing to do for me on the path. And it doesn't have to make sense. The brain's job is only to decode what the heart is saying. Yeah. The brain's job isn't to tell the heart that's stupid, that doesn't make sense. The brain's job isn't to tell the heart, yeah, but how are you going to make money? How are you going to miss it? Yeah, that's, that's the wrong use of the brain. The brain's job is to listen to the heart and say, oh, the heart is saying this, this, and this. Right? It's to decode what's going on. It's to put it into words, concepts, ideas, to be able to communicate it, to act upon it, to be able to listen in. Yeah, too many people in our culture, they use the brain as a way to repress their hearts. Yeah, their brain's telling their hearts what to do. And then you have a lot of people that are living, but they're not really alive. Yeah, so we really have to flip that system on its head, that it's about listening to what the heart wants and using the brain as a tool for the heart and not the other way around. So, um, yeah, that was my completely spontaneous talk for tonight. Yeah. And um, I guess because it's the last night, um, it would probably behoove us to kind of get deep into the practice together, to really have one last hurrah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe I'll also stop the recording and I also wouldn't mind if we could, um, we could even go around, I mean, we have a little, we have another hour. Um, maybe we could also share a little bit. I'd be interested also to hear from you guys individually what, what, I mean, it's your first day, but like what you guys have actually gotten from this class for yourself, if you've seen any changes, if there's any special thing that, that was said or an experience you made that really... Yeah, it was noteworthy to you. Um, this is always really nice for me to hear as feedback, but also helps you kind of dig some of that stuff up a little bit and reflect and, and make this whole process more conscious, so to say. So let me stop this and then I can get to that.